0: welcome back everyone to talking it out with mike and brian today's guest is a man who made it pretty far in this season of the bachelorette but unfortunately we didn't get to learn much about him but don't worry that's what we're here for on talking it out because today we're going to get to know the man brendan and find out about his life story and his road to learning about love on the bachelorette but of course you know how we always do we got to get to our hot takes so mike take it away
1: Yes. Thank you, Brom. I'm glad to be back, man. I'm glad that, you know, can we just shout out to all of our listeners right quick? We love y'all. Thank y'all for the feedback. We genuinely do appreciate it. Let's keep it going. Uh, But for my hot take, this is the question of the day. If you saw one of your friends' partners out in public cheating, would you mind your business? Or would you Mm. tell Wow. So this is funny because uh, I'm reading a book right now on a therapist guide to consensual non-monogamy, right? Not for me to do that, but for a therapist to uh, aid individuals that have that type of relationship, right? Uh, With that being said, if I see that and I don't know the situation, I'm gonna tell. Like, I gotta tell, I gotta tell. Like, if if it's you and Rachel, I'm telling yo, I'm telling big sis, I'm telling big sis, I have to.
0: Wait, would you tell big sis and you would tell me if it was the opposite? Yeah yeah. Okay, okay. I, just
1: just I would probably sure. I would probably Rachel's gonna be mad at I would say this, but I would probably have <laughs> more more I'd be more pissed off if I saw Rachel do it. I ain't going for that's terrible to say. <laughs> you expect less of me? <laughs> I, no. It's just a society. It's just a society that we live in and it's it, it's as if men are the ones that always cheat when we know women cheat as well. Oh, but yeah. if like I would be so just, dis- she would break my heart. I'd be like, Rachel, what the hell's wrong with you? But yes, I would have to tell it. What about you? Okay, so
0: I I need a lot of details on certain situations. Context is super important. Oh, so oh, I, of course,
1: but we don't so, have that. It's just touching as out. is.
0: I think you gotta be very careful when it comes to situations like this if you're the friend. Like, you have to think about all okay. the scenarios before you decide to tell your friend that they're getting cheated on. First off, when it's the situation like that and a person gets caught cheating, like, you got to believe that that person at that point, they're outed, like they're Mm -hmm. capable of anything. So Mm -hmm. they're desperate. What could they do? Like how many times have you heard of that scenario where the person who cheated flips it on the friend and then they, you know, they tell their significant other that their friend is just jealous or they straight up lie that, you know, the friend tried hitting on them and they'll basically pin you against your friend.
1: You know what I'm saying? Completely agree. There's a, but there's a, a way that you do it, right? There's a, a word that I've been using a lot with my friend group, tact, T-A-C-T. Yes, There's absolutely. tact that you must have in going about that. Excuse me. I was talking to a young lady this past week and she was saying that a person, excuse me, a person, she was dating a guy, and this is when Facebook was like the main social media thing, and showing our age, right? <laughs> and- We grown and sexy, baby. Someone, you damn right, say it again, right? <laughs> And someone, <laughs> Facebook messaged her saying, uh from a private account, they had no followers, none of that. And they just said, uh, your boyfriend, whatever his name was, is cheating on you. And I thought that was very good tact to go about. And that gave her, you know, it puts a bug in her ear, and she had to go find out for herself to get proof of that, right? Because you have to get proof. I don't mm. think you could just be willy-nilly just believing everybody, because some people just are haters on your relationship. I do agree with you though, that you can't just Rachel, Brian's cheating on you, right? You can't just say it like that because then Rachel has, you know, she loves you. You know, she's in love with you, That's that's your wife.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. like some people are just so wrapped up in their relationship. Like they couldn't, they don't think that their significant other could do anything wrong. So it's like when somebody brings that up, it's like, okay, do you have ulterior motives? Like, why are you telling me that? So here's my thing. I would go confront the person and I'd be like, look, either you tell him first, you come clean to my boy or I'm going to tell him. However, however, this is key. This is key right here. When you see that person cheating, You need to get those receipts. So you need to bust out that cell phone. You need to take those pictures. You need to take that video. Because if they try to pull some slick shit on the back end and try to say, oh, well, you're just jealous. Or you want to get with me. You tried hitting on me. Don't believe him. Like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Here's the evidence. I ain't trying to play my dog like that.
1: I I completely agree (laughs) with you there. 100%. I, you know, I don't think I've said this to you, bro. Uh, I'm very selective of of my male friends uh, that I hang around. And that's because... Like if me and you are hanging out, I'm in Miami right now, we're hanging out in Miami going around, you show me your, your roots or whatever, and people don't know us from the bachelor, they see us hanging out. They may know that you're married. I'm automatically associated to you. Your personality automatically becomes my personality, right? That's just, you know, association by it's like numbers. It's like your reflection of who you hang out with. Correct. You're 100% of reflection of who you hang out with. I cannot hang out with cheaters. I can't hang out with, to be honest, bums. I truly cannot because if I'm out with this individual, then I get in a relationship. This dude over here cheating, it's not gonna put confidence in my girl. Yeah. She like she'm like you going out with Brian, huh? You going to Miami, huh?
0: Uh, it's, oh, it's over. It's
1: like are yeah, we still I'm in like, a relationship? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to have that. I'm like that's that dumbass. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I just had to throw that out there. I big on my homies can't cheat.
0: I agree, bro. I agree. I, I totally agree that you're a reflection of the people you hang out with in any part of life. Not only when it comes to like romantic relationships, but business. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, show me totally. who your friends are, you know, as the saying and goes. I'll show you who you are in the next five years. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I agree with you. You can't be, you know, clean cut and, you know, faithful in your relationship and then just have a wild man as a as a as your boy asking you to go out in single type scenarios you know, it's gonna put your relationship in a bad place. You know,
1: can I? <laughs> I'm up? the single. I'm the single friend of my group, right? Well, my other homie, he's single now as well, but the majority of my homies are older than me. They're all older than me, actually, and they're booed up. So I feel kind of awkward at times, saying, "Hey, bro, you wanna? I like, hit the town. You, know, you, wanna, <laughs> you, know, you wanna? You wanna go to dinner? Like, yeah, yeah. Like I went out with you when I was in LA." you know, Rachel was cool or whatever, but like, it, it put, it makes me feel awkward. What does the single guy do in that situation where all of his homies are like married and or, you know, in long relationships?
0: Yeah, that's the thing, man. I think like, look at what we did. I mean, we we were, we were puppy dogs. We were harmless. We just went to dinner, chopped it up. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we, we weren't about, you know, you weren't about going out and trying to meet single women out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you didn't put me in a, in a bad spot or anything like that. I mean, I think that's. That's what usually has to happen. It has to be, hey, let's get together to watch a sporting event or, mm-hmm. you know, something something chill, like, as opposed to, okay, let's go out to the club, you know, and stay out till seven in the morning. It's like, <laughs> eh, I, maybe I'll pass on that one. You know what I mean? As a married man. All right, what's your what's your hot take of the day, homie? All right, man. So the headline is Dr. Dre ordered to pay nearly 300,000 in a monthly, that's monthly, spousal support to ex-wife, Nicole Young. So in total, just to give you a couple, a quick little rundown of this, it's roughly 3.5 million for the year. She originally asked the judge for 2 million a month, 2 million a month. Hold on, (laughs) hold on, hold on. The judge said that he would need to pay those 300,000 a month until quote, until the party receiving support remarries or enters into a new domestic partnership death of either party. So those are like the stipulations, right? She also gets her health insurance paid by Dr. Dre, and he will also continue paying the expenses for the Malibu and Pacific Palisade homes, which I imagine are ridiculous mansions, right? So Dre, he previously agreed to pay Nicole a one-time payment of two million just days after his little his health scare when he had the aneurysm i don't know if you remember that yeah, but we didn't right. know if he was going to make it but he offered her 2 million just days after that um but according to the source the spousal support agreement is temporary as they continue their overall divorce settlement i mean what what are your thoughts on that man
1: before uh, i get into my my hot take <laughs> yeah i have a lot of thoughts on this one right here one i think if you're worth a billion dollars 2 million ain't shit true Facts. He could have gave her more. It's all relative, right? right? Like how yeah, much he we're gave talking her about? More. Yeah, two million, bro. You worth a you worth a billion. Like, come on, if you're gonna break her off, break her off more than that. Now, especially if it's a one-time thing. But three point five million a year, and I'm already an adult. I have no children that I'm taking care of. On top of that, I got to pay your health insurance. Where and, in and you're basically
0: paying the mortgage on and yeah, two and the mentions. mortgage on
1: two different locations. Where in the world does health insurance cost that goddamn much? Like it doesn't. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, why did he, why does she have to pay her health insurance on top of everything else? I mean, the man did cheat, so I'm not. Did honest. he cheat? He did okay. It see, it. I don't so,
0: like. I didn't know. I didn't know that specifically, but.
1: Well, I want to throw it out there so you know when people clap back, I'm like, yes, he did cheat, but damn, is cheating worth three point <laughs> five million over the next? That's gonna cost 40 you years? extra, bro. <laughs> like yeah, like three point five million over the next forty years. I just think that's a bit absurd. She got a bag and someone like me, you know, all I thought about was when I saw this, was the investing that I could do with this money. Okay. Flip
0: it. So check this out. Like I feel there's going to be men and women. I think that are going to be triggered with this discussion. But As for me, should. I go, I go back to context. Like I want to know details of the situation, right? So I know this specific situation relates to a woman getting spousal support from her soon to be ex-husband, but Let's just say if the shoe was on the other foot Holly Berry. And, a wo- and a woman was the breadwinner, which, hey, let's face it, like it, the future is woman, right? <laughs> no, the future is woman. It
1: happened to Holly Berry recently. She, she came out against this.
0: So we're seeing more and more of this in our society. And, you know, if she had to give, you know, if the woman had to give the man support, I think it's only fair that everything remains consistent. So. If they're in a Kevin Federline situation and the dude gets three hundred thousand a month, it is what it is. What's fair is fair, equal, right? It's all about equality. So, but my thing is, is like, can we find out like where that money is going? Because like, is there a way where it's like in the in some type of a, a negotiation? agreement that we know how that money is being allocated? Like, is this a situation where the money is being put to good use where the the no. woman or the woman or the man is starting like a business, growing a brand, like eventually becoming self-dependent and having their own money? Or is this a situation where the person, man or woman, is chilling at the spa, you know what I'm saying? Like living Bro, it up, you know, partying man, it up. You know that's what she's doing. Okay, then I, I don't think that's right. Like, I understand why okay a man or a woman, once again, would be salty. It's like, I'm basically funding your lifestyle, right? Like I'm basically like, I'm paying for everything. And then I'm also giving you way more money than is She's perceived getting to be needed.
1: She's getting an allowance. Cause I mean, if he's paying for two different houses, let's just say that's 10 million a year for everything, the upkeep, the maintenance, all yeah. that, the the mortgage, plus her health insurance, let's say that's another 1 million a year, plus 3.5 million a year. That's yeah. I want someone to argue me on this. No, listen. I really do. And think
0: about it. Like let's go back to what this judge said, until the party receiving support remarries. So maybe she has a hot girl summer all day every day, never remarries, right? And but the, at the same time on the on the flip side, a dude could just be a fuckboy for the rest of his life mm-hmm. and let's say uh in a new domestic partnership
1: What does that That is so vague. It's incredibly ambiguous. Like
0: they could be dating somebody and keep it casual in appearances. Right. And then just be like, "Okay, we're together, but I still want to get this check. Let's not put this out in the public. And that's it. And they're getting 300K a a month. So I just think it's very sketchy when it comes to that. And but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know women are going to argue. Well, I raised his kids, not necessarily saying this is the exact scenario for everybody, but things Correct. that women bring up. Correct. I, I, I raised your kids, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. You had nothing before, you know, when we first got together, <laughs> you were broke as shit. And now well, all a of a sudden- Why is the Drake line
1: coming to my head? What? You know the Drake line, Kobe <laughs> Bryant, Drake line? Oh, the Rick Ross? <laughs>
0: Rick, the Rick Ross?
1: Ross. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym. <laughs> but
0: here's the deal. Here's the deal. Like, women could say, look, would Kobe, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, yes, would he have been the man that he was, the basketball player that he was? He would was, not and, have been. If it wasn't for Vanessa been. being in his corner every day, raising beautiful children, he like needed taking Vanessa. care of the home, he needed, he needed a Vanessa her, right? So it made him Correct. a better man. So, like, that part, I understand. So here's my, like, my final take on this. Like, at the end of the day... When there's that much money involved, like I think I read he was like worth 820 million. It's like, I think it should be negotiated a lump sum where the person receiving the money is set for life, right? It's like, this is so much money. Like this is generational money. Like let's say they came to an agreement on $10 million. I mean, he offered her two. Let's say they negotiate. Well, two was go-
1: two was some BS. He was two, tripping two, with two. Two, you know, like he cons- tripped like, bro, like you pissed two million.
0: But let's say like 10 to 20, which at the end of the day isn't a huge dent in that 820, right? Correct. So it's like, okay, miss or or man, you know, whoever gets the money, you have enough money to spend wisely. Like if you go ahead and blow all that money and then expect me to continue funding your life like 10 years from now, like that ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's not the way it should go. Like you could do so much with that. I mean, bro, you, you live in Texas. I mean, I hear people, I hear, people. I heard, I hear people in Houston are getting like
1: mansions in Houston for dirt cheap. So I was just doing some math right quick. Cause I wanted to know what it is, right? They're in their fifties. If she lives another 30 years, you know, God willing, that's roughly $105 million over 30 years. See that's, that's
0: a, unnecessary. It's it's unnecessary. Yes, again, like on, bo, unnecessary. on both ends, on both ends, right? If the guy was getting 105 million, I'd say, bro, you don't need 105 million dollars. Oh, like, no, correct.
1: I'm not. I'm taking gender out of the equation. Yeah,
0: yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like
1: 105 million over 30 years, bro. That's no. I need your ass to work and go hustle correct. and go and go sell some some beats by Dre. Correct. So it's like I would either give them a lump
0: sum that is agreed upon where it's like, listen, you have enough to start a whole new life and live lavishly if you want, or I'll give you the 300K a month, but how about we do it like on a sliding scale where it's like every so often you start getting less and less until it completely wh- runs out.
1: Now I think that's how it should be. Yeah. I think that, cause like, obviously if I've been married to you for over 20, let's say they've been married 25 years or whatever. I do have some love for you. And if I'm worth 820 and you're, you know, you haven't worked in like 30 years, I do feel, even if we got a premium, I do feel that since you haven't worked in that 20 years, you're not gonna get a job now. This is your lifestyle. I should aid in that department, but also it should, like you just said, wane off. Yeah. Like, Like if I'm giving you 300 a month, in 10 years, that 300 might be 30 a month now, I don't know.
0: Exactly. Like, think about it. I mean, think about how much. Like, what are you doing in those ten years? That's why I asked. Can we know where the money is being allocated? Like,
1: but see, when you say that though, you're almost being controlling.
0: Listen, I'm not. I don't think I would nitpick. Like, okay, like you need to spend me a spreadsheet on like everything you're saying. But it's like
1: when you get divorced, people sometimes be on that on that BS. You're right. You're right. You're right. But you know, people when it comes to love and when it comes to money. People can get ugly. I
0: would I would be I I wouldn't be as uh, as much of a stickler like the way you're describing it. But at the same time, it's like I want to see you doing something. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm providing you an amazing opportunity to you start a new life and an amazing you know, get yes. a new business, you know, get some real estate, like make that money work for you. You know what I'm saying? That's
1: the funny thing, bro. If she were to because, you know, I, I come from the financial advisory thinking, right? if she makes 3.5 million a year, she invests 2 million a year. She's not going to need his money. That's it, that's it, it.
0: that's it. But if like, I'm simply, you know, funding, you know, brunches and for you to get with other dudes or vice versa, her her funding, her funding you to get with, you know, be without with a, a thousand women, you know,
1: in one year, then that ain't, that ain't right. Brian, this is such a good topic because I mean, It's genderless, right, for one. Uh, We both know women is the future. Women is here and is going to be here to stay. And so Brennan just came off of a wonderful season with Katie as a bachelorette. She's a strong, independent woman. I want Brennan's take on this. Brennan, let's bring him in. Let's bring him in
2: Number one, I just want to say thank you for having me on. And, you know, it's a a pleasure, it's an honor, and it's great to meet you guys. So Absolutely. It's it's great to
1: uh, meet you as well, man. You went very far on the show, but we didn't get much time with you. You didn't get a lot of airtime on that. How did your three relationships end, and what did you learn from that? And what did you learn while being with Katie?
2: Yeah, um, well, I mean, if I dive in deep with uh, my my past relationships, I've been through uh, three of them. Uh, my first one was about four and a half years. And then my last two were both two years. Um, I've been single for about two years now and, um, I have nothing but respect for, for the women I was with. Um, everything, no, nothing's ever really ended toxic. Nothing's en- ever ended bad. If I saw my ex in public, we'd be the first ones to say hello to each other. So nothing but respect. And you, you have to go through breakups to really grow as a person, um, and, and to find that person for you eventually. Um, you become a better person after each heartbreak. Um, I know what that is. I know what heartbreak is. You do. It's, it's, it's a journey within yourself. Um, when you, when you go through those tough moments in life, but you know, it's in relationships, you, you lose a best friend. And, and I think that's the toughest thing. You lose, you you lose a family as well. Um, you, you grow to love their parents. And, uh, I think that's the biggest thing with heartbreak. It's not just a person, right? It's, it's, it's someone you love, but it's a best friend and a second family to you. So, um, nothing but love for, for the people I've dated in the past. I grew as yeah. a person and and I definitely helped them out in many ways too. I was there for them in through the darkest times and they were there for me through, through very tough times of my life. Um, you know, transitioning into, uh, the bachelorette and, you know, Katie being a very strong, independent woman, you know, I felt like we both had very similar personalities. Like you said, not too much was shown with, with our time. Um,
1: Why do you but I, I, I,
2: I, I, you know what, it, it's weird because, I did like, I was very bold, you know, every time I handed her a drink and then, you know, that's the funny thing around social media. It's like, you know, Brennan's Katie's personal bartender. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and hey, hey, well, and that's, that's one thing you go to a bar. I mean, a woman wants to get a drink first. So it's like, you know, have her drink ready. She likes, she likes her whiskey. Um, and I, and I pulled her first a lot. I, I really did. And and that's one thing people thought I just, I sat back and, and kicked it with the guys. I love the guys so much, but when it came down to cocktail parties, group dates, I, I took them very seriously and I was all in with Katie. So we had some great conversations. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't aired, but I did like little cute little dates for her. You know, I, I did this little Canadian gift basket, you know, we got to a point where we're talking about, you know, kind of getting to know, you know, her home in Seattle and if she's comfortable there, or could she see herself being in Canada and kind of vice versa. And I brought a Canadian gift basket with maple cookies, maple syrup, and uh, some Canadian beers. And we just kicked it on the couch and, um, nice. And I said, you know what, like relationships aren't just about, obviously it's about connection, but just talking about feelings all the time, it does get emotionally draining through that whole experience. And I just said, you know what, this is what real life would be, like us on the couch kicking it, having some beers and having some snacks and just kind of giving her a glimpse of what just normal life would be with me. But um, I'm not too sure about, you know, with with the airtime and everything, but for, for myself as an individual, you know, I don't need the TV show to define who I am I don't need to show the world what katie and i have like i'm very content with i i know what we share like deep down like and then katie knows like we had some good moments i made her feel very special and vice versa and we had some great life talks together and i listened to her life story she listened to mine and um were you, you know, falling I, in love with katie? I, um no i i definitely wasn't falling in love um it got to that point where you know i i didn't have that time and, and leading up to you know, my departure, even the week before that, like I, I was so hungry for a one-on-one date and I yeah. didn't want to have the, what ifs, that was my biggest worry. That was my biggest fear is the what ifs. like, you know, I know for, I'm a fun guy. I know if we go on that one-on-one date, like I'm going to kill it. We're going to have a, the best time together. We're going to have, we're going to laugh, you know, share intimate moments. I, I was very confident with that, but, um, yeah, I, I wasn't falling in love, but, um, I, I know deep down, you know, we, we shared some good memories together and, uh, you know, we, we did have a really good connection
0: yeah i i i love that you say that because i remember on my season there was a gentleman one of my dear friends matt munson i mean nobody got to know him as much but for whatever reason you saw like rachel bawling you know when he left and it was a situation where like you don't get to see those behind the scene moments where you guys are connecting so i i totally trust you when you say that you guys had you know some some deep moments that that brought you together and there was a reason why you were on there so long and i love how bold you were at the end right you didn't get that one-on-one date you got on another group date and going into hometowns you're like it basically came to a head you're like listen I can't go into hometowns coming off a group date you needed that one-on-one time and you approached her with that and I think that was the best thing you could have done you know what I mean like let's nip it in the bud right now unfortunately she did send you home right there but you knew, rather than investing more feelings, going on another group date, and you know, shelling out your feelings even more, and just like uh, basically waiting on the inevitable to happen. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's my that was my biggest thing is that you know I have nothing but respect for Katie. I have nothing but respect for the guys that were there, the six yeah. other guys, and I'm like, I, I told the guys straight up. I said, "Boys, listen, like I respect you guys so much. You know, why am I still here? Like, especially getting the last rows." at the last row ceremony, you know, some great guys went home, you know, Aaron, yeah. James, Hunter and Trey, like guys that had more time. And, and that, you know, that week, the, the group day cocktail party got cut short because Katie was feeling sick. Mm. She cut the, uh, the row ceremony cocktail party. She, you know, we didn't do that. And I was, I was prepared to go home. Like I wrote notes that night to a couple of guys saying like, thank you for everything. I wrote a note to the guys. Just to let them know, you know, I love you guys and thank you for this amazing experience. I was prepared to go home. I was trying to get in that mindset because I knew, you know, and my name gets called and it was, it was, a roller coaster full of emotions. You know, I was super shocked, you know, super excited that I'm still there. So when I got that last rose under those circumstances, I knew I was a shoe-in for a one-on-one. I said, There's no doubt. And and when she, when Katie gave me that rose, I I whispered to her, I said. We'll make up for lost time. And, you know, I, I just, I'm like, if I'm still here after losing time this week, there must be a reason. And, and that's why I was so confident and also nervous <laughs> for, for that, for that group day card. Uh, I was very nervous for it, but um, I think that's the biggest thing. Katie's looking for a fiance. She's looking for a husband if, if I can remove myself from that scenario, that's because and, and, it's not fair for me to be there, but it's also not fair for Katie just to kind of have me around as well. I want her to find her person and invest more time with those guys and, and being on that group date, fun group date, funny laughter, I, I would have probably brought some bad energy there and I didn't want to do that as well. So I decided to just get up and, and like you said, nip it in the butt and, and move forward, you know, so. That's respectful, yeah. I like
1: that. You Absolutely. are you know, you want the best for her because she is the better, and that's, you know, she's here to find love. I'll be you guys are as well.
2: When you do have time with Katie and, and you, you hang out with her at cocktail parties and you have your your time with her, you walk out, you know, you you share, you know, you you share a beautiful intimate moment, you kiss and you talk about, you know, you you know, each week you, you get deeper and deeper and deeper and you peel back those layers. So whenever every time I walked out and the guys would be like, Oh, like how was it? I'm like, man, I'm on top of the world. It, it's a, it was incredible. Like I feel like I'm I have the best connection here. Yeah. So then you sit down. And you're on the couch talking to the guys, and then, you know, another guy will walk out, and it's like, how was he? He's like, man, it was unbelievable. So, the, the the tough thing about being on the bachelorette is, you only know your connection with Katie. You don't know any other guy's connection, but you feel like you're in the lead every single day. So it's it does play tricks on your mind a little bit, and it, and it's you got to be mentally strong, and and that's why I think it's so um, mentally draining for anyone who goes through this, this whole experience.
1: Definitely. So, uh, well, man, we got, we got that from the the bachelorette. We understand that aspect, but we never got more of who you are. I know that you're a firefighter, uh, and I know you grew up in Canada. How was life growing up for you back home?
2: Yeah. Uh, life was good, man. Um, it's, it's kind of not, not a love, hate, but it, it was very untraditional, you know, kind of the family, upbringing is sometimes i get confused talking about my home my, my own family but you know to to really dive in my, my family is, is fairly small everyone's kind of back home in europe but um you know i have my mom and dad who you know were my best friends they they immigrated to canada you know when they're about 10 or 11 so shout out to my from grandparents where? um my mom was from poland and my dad's from czech republic and uh so you know grew, grew, uh, they, you know they came to toronto when they were young um so i grew up born and raised in toronto ontario and um you know, we grew up in, uh, you know, a, a, a nice family home, good neighborhood. Um, my parents were, my parents were never married, um, and they separated when I was about three. My dad moved out. All this stuff. Um, I also have two siblings, and this this is the part that that confused me a little bit too. And it, and it's actually a big insecurity, and you know, and I'll explain why after. But so I've I have two siblings. My brother Ryan, he's thirty one, and my sister Nicole who's forty? Uh, who's 40 but they're both yeah they're my, they're my half siblings and but we are your are dad's side
0: or your mom's side
2: same same mom different dad but same we mom, so we dad. grew up in in the same household uh, my sister um who's also mixed um she got a she got married at 21 or maybe she had a she was having a kid what, 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 I don't know kid or, or marriage one of those things so she decided to move out and she was a huge role model in my life. I mean, at that, we're 15 years apart. She was kind of like a second mom to me as well. So when she moved, moved out, that was very hard on me, even though I was young. And then my brother decided in, I think when he was about 14 or 15, he was, he's moving out to his dad's uh, outside the city of Toronto. Uh, so I was kind of stuck with kind of no more siblings and going home to home. So um but my parents you know my parents got not like get along very well we we, you know there was a lot of ups and downs growing up too and going home to home that was tough what do you that mean going home to home? uh just like my dad moved out you know like he's you know they were uh my dad okay. got his own place and okay. so yeah i was okay. just kind of having you know kind of going home to home i think one big thing you know not really having like a family dynamic of like eating at the dinner table like the little things every year for christmas we would all come together and 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 do that but um, I'm not really used to the whole family dynamic and, then maybe that's why I've always leaned towards relationships and finding love. Cause I don't really want, you know, what I went through for my family one day. I just want it to be like a close knit traditional family. Um, but, you know, kind of going back with, with my siblings, we are so close. I, I, I never look at them. I never say they're my half siblings at all. Um, when we go out, it's sort of, you know, people, are like, Oh, this is my brother. It's like, Oh, like some people are like oh I've never met him before. I see him on, you know, your Instagram or whatever, but you know, like, are you, do you have the same mom, different dad? And, and that's something that kind of bothers me because like, we're, we all, we, we are so close, probably closer than like some actual biological siblings. One of those things too. And even going out like with my sister, it's like, this is my brother, but my sister's mixed. She's half Jamaican, half Polish. Um, some, One of the smartest women in the world. Uh, she can speak Polish. She's bilingual French. Like she's, it's, it's insane. And, uh, and then we have to explain ourselves again. So that's kind of like an insecurity for me. It's usually, it's like, oh, these my, this is my brother and, and sister. But then people always have questions about like our family life because it, it is kind of dysfunctional, but like, I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world, but we are so close. Um, but yeah, sort of, I had a great upbringing. I played hockey. My, you know, my, my dad's my best friend. He was at every game. Uh, my mom didn't really get into the sports side too much, but, you know, out of, I think the three kids, we, one of us should have turned out maybe not normal a little bit but we always make a joke like we, we all turned out you know really good uh everyone my brother's successful my my sister's successful and um i feel like i have a great head on my shoulders and um we lean on each other every single day so shout out to them i love them so much and um yeah so but overall like all in all guys regardless of anything uh you know nothing but like best parents in the world you know, yeah. I had a roof over my head, I had food on the table and that's really all you can ask for. So I love yeah, that. I love
0: your, I love your, your situation there. Cause I, my dad was actually married prior to marrying my mom and he had three kids, you know, so that I do technically they're half siblings as well, but like you say, I consider them full blood. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're my brothers and my sisters and all this half stuff, but you know, so I totally agree with you there, but having that non-traditional family structure, like how do you feel like that? influenced you when it came to relationships with women?
2: Yeah, I I, I do. And, and this is kind of an ongoing thing, um, Brian, with it's a good question, but it is an ongoing thing. I continue to learn. I always want to learn each and every day about myself and why I am the, the way I am. Um, you know, I, I went through times too, uh, you know, kind of tough times, just kind of looking back and maybe putting blame on, you know, like, why aren't my siblings, my full siblings. And, you know, like I would ask my mom, like, well, you know, it was, it's kind of tough because I get questions and it's hard on me, but I, I've always, I've always what looked at, you get? it was just, um, well, it's, it's when people try to like, when, when they want me to explain, you know, the whole family dynamic and, you know, oh, you guys have the same mom, different dad, but like, where's his dad? And I thought it just, it's an ongoing, it's kind of an ongoing thing. I don't know if, if Brian ever kind of relates to it or one of those things, right. It's kind of tough to explain until you're in that scenario, but um, I, I think with the whole relationship dynamic I've, I've thought about, I've always became very close with my girlfriend's families. That's something that family is very important to me and, and I like being in a, in a tight-knit family as well. And, and whoever you date or end up uh, marrying i mean a lot of people are like oh like yeah you're your in-laws you know that's the, that's the motto you're 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 not marrying you're, your in-laws you're marrying her but listen you marry you the are, family too bro trust me everybody. you
0: marry the family yeah
2: yeah <laughs> so that's that's one big thing for me but i also i relied sometimes too maybe as like an escape from going home to home it was tough cuz every morning i would pack a duffel bag in my toiletry bag and this is up until like you know 3 years ago like i living alone has made me um just understand you know a lot so I, I would wake up pack a duffel bag go to work i didn't know where i was going to sleep maybe i would go to my dad's maybe i would go to my mom's depending on you know like the scenario at home um maybe i'd go I, to my I, brothers I, and stay on the couch like right? it's one of those it was weird right so
1: yeah Brittany, i, I want to I unravel that i'm confused a bit you said you would just like live out of your duffel bag basically talk to me more about that man like were you yeah were you like being pulled in multiple different directions you you just kind of want that one unit, but you don't have the one unit. So I want to know more about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I never had a, I never had my own space. Um, let's put it in that perspective. I would, I would have my clothes at my mom's uh, cause she was amazing at doing laundry and yeah. you know, typically, <laughs> you, tip, take, listen, typical, yeah, <laughs> typical uh, European women, they, they know how to do laundry. So uh, she's just, a, she's just, you know, she's, best cook, you know, knew how to do laundry. So I kept all my clothes at my mom's. Then I would go to my dad's lot cause playing hockey, playing sports. Um, I would stay at my dad's quite a bit, but they, they we, I, I never had a schedule cause my parents did get along, which I'm very fortunate for. Um, okay. So I never had a schedule of like where to be. So it's really what I wanted to do. Um, so I would just pack up, you know, I'd go to work. I'd be like, Hey, I'm, I'm packing a bag today, leave it in the car. And you never know where you're gonna end up. It's one of those things. But that that was really that was normal for me so when, when i when at the time when people were like oh like where are you live and i'm like oh i'm kind of you know between moms dads you know i'm gonna figure it out tonight like i don't know where i'm where, where i'm gonna stay but I'm, I'm gonna have a roof over my head so people would kind of feel bad i'm like no this is like completely normal because i grew up going home to home uh between places so but now looking back and actually living alone sometimes Guys, I just come here and I—I'm not really a big TV guy, but I put on some music, have a glass of wine, and I just sit here, and I'm just like, this is so nice to come home to an actual place with Preaching my choir. You, you need my, that, bro.
0: You need that. My my
2: place, <laughs> like, because because I ne- I never had a routine either. Like I'm just go, I'm always go go go, and that's my personality. I don't like to waste time, I like waking up in the morning early and starting the day, man. Like life's short. I just want to, well, you know, I don't want to waste time.
1: You're you're you know a firefighter, I mean? right?
2: Yeah. So fully certified, I actually, prior to the show I had, um, I was in like a very deep, uh, interview process, um, with, with the fire department, I had to kind of turn that down, but I'm waiting in the fall now to, uh, go through that that, that whole interview hiring. Uh, again, it, it is tough to get in, but, um, in the fall, I'm, I'm going to be put in a, in a new recruit class. Uh, but I'm fully certified. Nice. I, I, I went to, uh, mill semi so I kind of yeah, se- they call it semi military academy at Texas and I'm, it's a massive uh training ground and yeah. it is the most intense training you'll you'll ever do. I, I mean, I'm surprised I survived. I had days out I, I was crying. I was like, Oh wow. I was just yeah, like it was just you, you you're mentally drained, you're studying, you're doing exams on the daily, you're going into burned buildings, you're doing confined space rescue, um, mentally draining, right? So, um, but yeah, that, that's that's my passion and and that's my goal. I, I do want to be full-time frontline worker and and, and be there for my community my city and then for the people
0: well respect to you man i mean that's you know you putting your life on the line for people on a daily basis that that's very commendable so kudos kudos to you you um going back to the you know you say you grew up in a non-traditional family structure before what, what it sounds like there was a lot of love you know in your family but how did you did you look elsewhere when it came to learning about relationships and love, like in that romantic setting? Like, did you look at, you know, friends, movies, family, anything like that? Yeah, right. or- that,
2: yeah that, that's a great question too. Cause I, you know, my, my sister, you know, she, she got married um, at a young age and, and she has three great kids and I don't really know where I looked at it. I, I just felt like, I think the, the, the most important thing in any relationship, and I kind of go back on family too. I always put two and two together but unconditional love is like the biggest thing in life. So, you know, when, you know, I, I've had some arguments with my mom and dad, times where I'm like, I never want to talk to you again. You know, I see I'm running away from home. I'm doing all this stuff.
1: How much does that, your parents' dynamic, weigh on you?
2: Um. N- n- now, it, it, honestly, going through the bachelorette experience, I mean, like, I, I cause it was, it was a journey within myself. So I started dissecting a lot of things, but, um, it, it's mostly, I, I just, you know, I mean, even the relationships I was in, Mike, they had like perfect traditional families, you know, like ate dinner at the tables. So was that kind of yes. like a replacement
0: for you yeah, like yeah. to substitute yeah.
2: your family for their family? A thousand percent. And, and, and not just a replacement, but like it, it was comforting. It was nice. And like having like, you know, I remember once um, in this one relationship, like hey, uh, Brendan and I just set the table and I'm like, Okay, so obviously a plate and this. like so are like, well, napkin. Like, we need these napkins, and like, you need to, um, you need to set it this way. And I've never done that before. So and then in your also, household, it's
1: more so come home and like just chill by yourself, or like when you're at your mom's, it's just
2: yeah, just eat. Like, hey, eat hey, you want to eat on the couch tonight? You, you want to cool. you know eat in your room? Okay. Eat, you know, just lounge out. Like eat on the floor. Cool. Like it was it was simple and it's laid back. I mean, like there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the Great. way. That's all I know. But do go, you know being in these relationships it, you know us and i and i eat with my fork in my right hand and, and my knife in my left hand yeah and, and they would say oh you're I mean, you're eating you're eating the goofy that. way you know what i mean they're like no like you have to do it the proper way and i said what do you mean there's a proper way to do this so it, it was like the little things that i didn't really get to experience growing up um and and it, it was comforting, like like Brian said. It, it it was comforting. It was it was it was different, but it's like I like this. Like this is this is nice, and like a family at one table eating, talking about the day. I was like, this is cool, you know. So it was kind of like a replacement, and and it was it, it made me happy in those moments for sure.
0: Another is man. that something? So would you say that that's like a high priority on your list as far as what you're looking for in a woman, like somebody who does have that traditional family.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, like. you know, I, I believe everyone everyone has a story, so I, I don't want them to – I don't need to be with someone who, who grew up in that setting, but I, I do want uh, – when I have a family of my own, I I, I do want to, like, sit down at the dinner table and, like, take it. You know, we don't have to wear dress clothes and, and have all these pretty fancy napkins, but, I mean, like, let's sit down, talk about the day and, like, have some drinks, put some music on, but, like, let's all be together in one room. Like, I think it's a cool thing because it, it, it is going home to home and there's – I don't have my siblings. I'm just going home to mom I'm going home to dad and there's nobody else. So it, it was a little bit lonely too. Um, I would say, but I mean, I was, I was loved. I never felt not loved. Um, yeah, I, you know, you know what I mean? But like the, those, those family dinners, I mean, I feel like they're important for, for an upbringing. Looking back now, I think it's a very important thing for, for most families is, and most kids.
0: Is there ever a, a time where maybe holidays or things like that, where you all, come together I mean as rare as it might be maybe once a year twice a year whatever the case may be
2: yeah yeah we we do thanksgiving um my brother's dad shows up um, my my dad was what was uh, a father to my sister so so her her dad wasn't in the in the picture um mm-hmm. for 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 too long so so my dad raised nicole um and like even when I talk to him just like, like she'll say dad and I'll say yeah like dad's doing this so it's a cool thing um but yeah, no uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving and Christmas—it's great. Like we, we have my sister, we have you know, um, her husband, the kids, my dad, my Ryan's dad—they all come together. They're drinking.
1: My so, mom,
2: okay. my my grandmother, right? So we we do have that once a year, and like we we always look forward to it, man. Like it's, it's yeah. such a cool thing, and like I, but you have to wait the whole year for it. But with COVID, it's been a tough thing, right? But like the last couple of years, like it's been a tough thing to, you know, especially when we want my grand, we want our grandmother there and grandfather. Yeah. Like you know, we it's been a tough. Uh, pandemic to to go through that because we look forward to that every year, but we, we we couldn't have that. So,
1: talking about the pandemic and the things that took place in twenty twenty, is your brother uh, half Jamaican as well? Or
2: no, nope, no, he's uh, he's not. He's Italian and Polish. Italian yeah.
1: Polish. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Brendan, what, you know, what's your sister, your older sister? You know, you said you guys are the closest thing ever. How were those conversations? I'm asking because you said you had insecurities when people be asking like, "Well, where's her dad?" Uh, and things of this nature, right? Asking questions that they should just be like, "Yo, I get it. You know, that's your sister. That's your brother. I yeah. understand." How was it when all the things that took place in America, uh, when it came to racial tension, uh, with your sister and, and you uh, being very Anglo-Saxon looking, and your sister being of mixed race? Right. How were those conversations for you?
2: I feel like you have a unique
1: perspective.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's tough because, like, I you know, I don't look at my. It's weird because I don't look at my sister being like mixed at all. It's it's a weird thing um, until really someone brings it up, or when I have to have that conversation with people. But you know, and and I think one big thing, the majority of the conversation is actually for her kids because they're in high school, and um, they are very like they're very light skinned, but like they have Jamaican features, and that's something where a lot of kids that they deal with, they don't actually sometimes know that they're mixed and they have to have conversations with other kids. So I think mostly with, with her children, those topics are more important with, with, with my sister. She's very educated, she has an incredible job. She worked for the city of Toronto. And she, uh, for her, she, um, we, we kind of just never really talked about it to be honest, because it, it was something that um, I know what she thinks deep down and with me, she's, I, she, we never really talk politics. You know what I mean? And I, I think being Canadian as well, we do stay away from politics a lot. It is a whole different world here when it comes to politics in America. So, but she, you know, she, she's aware of everything and, and we've uh, you know, we're aware of everything too, but that's something where, you know, when I walk around, like I go to the mall with my sister or hang out with her on her front porch or just hang out with her. It's um, like, that's my sister. And, and my second mom as well. Like she, was a, a second mom to me, and she she still is. Yeah. um and then that, that'll never change. So, I mean, you know, with my sirogates, I've lean on them a lot. you know, with with any problems I've had with going home to home between you know, going to my mom or dad's or just having a tough time, my sister was like, you know, because I was like I was like her first, I was like her first baby in a sense. you know, yeah. I was like I'm the youngest, and she like she calls me baby boy, right? She's like, you're my first baby, and that's huh. never gonna change, right? So it's such a cool bond we have. But, um, I, I wish you guys could meet her cause like, she's a coolest. she's the coolest girl. So she's for, so. basically like
0: your go-to whenever you have any, you know, you need to vent about anything in particular, maybe some love advice.
2: I mean, is she the one you go to? Yeah, she's, I mean, she's the only one married in my family <laughs> you know, cause our family's small. It's mom, dad, yeah. and my two siblings. And I, I have my cousins and, and uncle, but are my immediate family. Everyone's back home in Europe. And, and that's a cool thing that, you know, our, our family history and, and tradition, but my sister and my brother, um, are amazing to go to my my sister knows it from you know her being 40 it's it is uh she has this crazy different type of old school knowledge that sometimes i know my brother gives me great advice but my sister just has sometimes it's like a bit more that i need from her
1: and then you had mentioned you went through a deep interview process uh to be a fighter fighter and then you had to turn that down was that because you had one on the show or
2: yeah yeah there was uh you know i'm i look at it I'm, I'm 26 and you know i'm a I'm a risk taker i'm a i'm not a, i wouldn't say i'm a free spirit but i am so adventurous i love traveling the world i love learning about new people i'm a people's person and you know i was raised to you know my, my uh, i'll get in that story after um with, with my dad's friend group it's it's funny but um, I'm just very adventurous and I, I'm like, I can take risks now being 26 years old. I, I can't do this when I'm fully locked into my ultimate goal and passion um, or being locked down in a career. And um, so when the show came up, I, I was in the, the psychological assessment, which is just before the final interview phase. And, and I knew i passed that because I did the written. I did, I did a little pre-interview and then I was getting to the psychological assessment to make sure I'm capable to handle everything and then there, there would be one last step and um i'd reach out to them and, and i told them uh, about this uh, you know specific opportunity and uh they said well luckily for you we have another recruit class in the fall so so you kind I of took a deep it. breath yeah i took a deep breath and i said let's just let's go for it uh let's go travel the states and i, I want i was itching to travel too during the pandemic i was itching to travel so you got to take risks, I think, and um, you know life's short, and, and I never want to look back and say what if.
1: We got Mantell all coming out. Oh yeah. You know yeah. Uh, what was what was that drama like in the house, man? You know our spill friend the Carl. Tea, bro,
2: you got to spill the yeah. tea now.
1: How 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 we'll talk about that? I want to know about that.
2: I mean, I mean, first and foremost, I I know when those guys have a chance to speak out on their actions that they're gonna they're they're gonna do so. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, the, just, it's the,
1: just us talking just a fella. Yeah. Yeah. I know.
2: I'm like, I see you. I see you. But, uh, yeah, no, the, see, like I, I'm the type of guy I, I didn't get involved in drama. Right. I, I really didn't because I've, I've learned through that, how to listen really well. You have to learn how to be a good listener when you're in the house. You also have to think before you speak. Um, m- most guys don't, and they get caught up in there and, and maybe they get that more screen time and whatnot. But I just, I went into the house really just being myself. I didn't want to change who I was. I would sit there during arguments and really listen and really process everything. And then I would give my opinion. I would never want to cut someone off. I think everyone has their own opinion and everyone deserves to speak, but it's, it's a very simple thing. That's just how I was raised. It's like, let someone talk, listen, process it, and then give them the feedback as well. But-
1: What was some of you the know, feedback you I, gave a few of the guys?
2: Well, I mean, I mean, if you want to start with Thomas, I know he'll speak out when he needs to, and he'll address all, you know, all the stigma around him. But I don't think anyone's a bad person in the house at all. I think everyone has a, you know, everyone's a human being. Everyone has a story. That's what I've learned. Everybody has a story and um, amazing stories. No one grew up with like a perfect white picket fence. And it's crazy to think, you know, we walk past so many people a day in our everyday lives, hundreds, maybe thousands, and we don't even ask someone how their day is going. It's crazy.
1: Correct. and so a feedback you you, joined,
2: you know. So with Thomas, he was he was getting more attacked in the house, you know. Um, but I had many conversations with him about his behavior and how to actually change that. Instead of me attacking him, I talked to him as a man and just said, "Hey, man. By the way, you're not a bad dude, but you, sh- you know, there's a lot of people." that are sacrificing a lot to be here. There's people possibly losing jobs. There's possibly people not working because of the pandemic. We're all going through something tough. We're leaving a lot of families at home. We're leaving pets at home. We're, we're, we have bills to pay when we get home. I was like, dude, just treat people good. Like we're all going through something here. We're all stressed out. Um, so I had more conversations with him, like deep down of like, man, your behavior, you, you you can't talk down others maybe a little bit like this. Why don't you instead just really do this in, in this format? So I tried to kind of, not coach, I don't want to, put it in that context, but really just having a conversation about behavior um, instead of full on attacking him and because you're not going to get anything out of that. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that's just I think that's just how I was raised and 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 me going in there. I I didn't want to change who I was. I just stayed true to myself. So
1: what should we expect from the Mantello? What what, like where are we getting from you? Are we going to get screen time from you? What are you talking about? What are you saying?
2: I mean, I, I, hope you, I'm going I'm to get some screen time there, but I, uh, let's just say I, I, spoke my mind. I spoke up. Uh, you guys will see a different Brandon for sure. Oh, but, um, okay. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: I spoke up to Carl. Um, you know, I had my opinions on Thomas and, you know, Hunter and Cody, uh, Cody, I started off, you know, telling Cody how I felt about him and, uh, you know, what we've learned about him when, when he had that, that beef with Aaron, you know, night one. And then when Katie sent uh, Cody home, just learning about people, right? Because anyone could really just put on a suit, get a nice haircut, and you can become this sharp-dressed guy and put on a smile, and everyone's a good-looking guy there. So you don't, like... It's like putting on a mask a little bit, right? Like, when when we put those suits on, like, we're feeling good, and and everyone just seems like an awesome guy. But then when you actually get to know people and know the context behind beef, that's why I never really wanted to ever jump to a conclusion with anything in the house, with drama, with anything. Because that's not who I am as a person. So when I finally when I could finally process everything and understand, but why, you know, why, why, why I asked my questions to guys, well, if he's this, like, if you don't like him, but you know, why this, I, I just always had, I, I needed answers before I can put a judgment on someone. Cause I, I can't judge a book by its cover, but I also don't want to judge someone off someone just getting irked from them, you know? And that's not, that's not fair to anyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing your interaction with Carl. I mean, from the way way you make it sound, I mean, I think there's some of those guys on every season, right, where it's like they – I think they know it in their head that they have no shot. So it's like they got to create some type of drama to get more screen time to stay an extra week or two. It is terrible, but trust me, some guys do it. Some guys do it. You know what I mean? Like you said, they drop a bomb and they just like – they they mess up the entire energy of the whole of the whole show, and it's and it's unfortunate.
2: Yeah, and and yeah, and that's one thing too. When when we finally did get you know the kind of the bad energy out of the house, like like we we could start to breathe again. But then there, there'll become another bomb dropped on you because I always say when, when things are going too smoothly and we're all happy in the house, <laughs> thing things seem perfect. I was like something's going to happen. It, it can't be this way. You like our backs are oh, like we're always we always have to be on our toes there, and that's part of the experience, but also. You know, it keeps us dialed in on Katie and it, and it keeps us wanting more and more and more, right? But um, you know, kind of just going back with the mental, you guys are gonna it's 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 gonna be incredible. I mean the the, the audience was amazing. Um Tayshia and Caitlin killed it and Katie looked incredible and there is a lot of drama and there's gonna be the things things get heated up. Things do get heated up, guys. So you know yeah, Great. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited to, to see it. To
2: it. But
0: Brandon. There was also a a bromance yes. that Vassar Nation needs to know about. Please. Apparently you knew Blake from before the show. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Please, Blake please
2: points. break down that moment. T- tell us how it happened. <laughs> you wanna hear it? You wanna hear? It? I'll dive in, boys. I'll dive in. So Blake, uh Blake grew up with 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 my brother playing minor hockey.
0: Nice.
2: And then they went to the same high school together. Um at that age, you know, having like the four year age gap, I was kind of like the little kid running around. Um, and they were playing hockey, and I was a little brother going to hockey games and, and watching him play. As you know, we started getting older, when you can have a couple drinks at the bar, you know, we all, we all became super close. So my brother Ryan's best friends with Blake, uh, our whole friend group is like very tight knit community. So Blake and I play on the same, you know, hockey team on Thursday nights um, in in the Toronto area. Um, it's just the closest guys from growing up that are together on this hockey team. But, you know, I've, I've been to Blake's Cottage fishing with him and his brother Cody. You know, I, I know Emily really well. That's awesome. And I was genuinely, I, I I I was shocked when he showed up because in our friend group, him him and I are the only single ones left and it's kind of hard now because everyone's getting engaged and everyone is, is coupled up so when we wanted to do something with our friends are like oh well like we're doing this with this couple so blake and i would just be we're it's just us man like like we're we're, we're, we're the only guys here without someone so so wait so friend, would you guys go out like to bars, you know, yeah. to go meet women, yeah, as boys,
0: as boys. Okay, um, okay. So this, yeah, time. we just
2: you know, little friend group action. Just go get some drinks. Uh, go fishing at his cottage. Hang out. Um, barbecue together. Just him and I. Just you know, just kicking it. So, um,
1: how much did Blake know fr- about you going on the show?
2: Oh, he, he he knew he knew. I mean, I was I was with Blake two weeks before I flew out to New Mexico, and 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 the reason why that. You know, we, it's weird just that we're on back to back seasons, but our, our whole friend group said, if there's anyone that could like find love on a reality show and actually do this experience, it's like literally Brendan and Blake, right? So Blake went through his season. I was full, that's the only season I ever watched, um, just to support him, obviously. So yeah, I was with, I was with Blake two weeks before I flew out. I remember FaceTiming him at the airport and I'm like, Hey man, he's like, all right, buddy. Well, you're in it now. Good luck. Good luck. And I'm like, all right, buddy, like, I'll see you when I'm home. So wait, so, what? To, but, yeah, I'm
1: like, I'm talk to busy. me about that
2: dynamic.
0: Like, so wait, you guys are literally competing for the same woman. Like, I don't know if that ever happened off the show, but you know, usually two boys. Like, all right, you know, you you connect more with her, I connect more with her, and you guys go yeah, your separate ways. Yeah. But now you're competing against the same woman.
2: Like, did that yeah. affect
0: your friendship in any way?
2: No, no. I, I well, when Taysha walked in, she said, "You know, journeys are going to change," and, and I started. I, I literally started trying to connect dots. And I'm like, I look over to James on the couch. I'm like, dude, it's Blake. Like, it's, (laughs) I'm 99.9% sure it's Blake.
1: How, okay, so talk about that. You were 99%, 9% sure it was Blake. You guys are great friends. You guys are homies. You FaceTime while you were like about to hit up New Mexico. Yeah. You knew, did you know Katie was going to be the bachelorette?
2: So, our sources, I mean, nothing was confirmed by ABC. But but you kind of. I I, I, I honestly, with all this stuff going on in the news, like, I had a very, I was, we were ninety-seven percent sure. Like we, we knew she was going to be the bachelorette until it got confirmed. And obviously, when when it was, and we watched um, after the final rose, that's when you know we kind of took a deep breath. You know what I mean? So okay,
1: so you guys knew that for the most part, like a good chance that uh, Katie was going to the bachelorette. Did Blake? What was his thoughts then? Like he was like, "Yo, oh. that's my wifey right there." Like, what, like she, like what was that?
2: Yeah, so I, you know, when, when Blake was addressing the guys, you know, I, I, I was very vocal because I felt like I had to protect Blake coming in.
1: No, I'm talking about was, just you two back home in Canada.
2: Oh, back home in Canada. Uh, Blake's, b- yeah, before I was even uh, in the final casting stage, like Blake spoke very highly of Katie. He was very interested. He really liked her. I mean, there was all those memes going around on inter- in Instagram about Blake mm-hmm. and Katie being perfect for each other. And Blake's like, yeah, man, like, I really like this girl. I, I just, I want to meet her. Um, so he, he spoke, was trying and, to help you know, me get on it, the show, but he was, he, I mean, it's fine. Well, he wasn't helping me to, to get on, but he was just giving me advice to Impressive. be like, listen, it's, it's yeah. Just like be yourself and nice. don't, don't really change yourself. Be who you are. You know, you're a well-loved guy from, from the house. I know, you know, no one's going to hate you. And, um, he's like, you're, you're a good dude, man. He's like, everything's going to be fine. So he's kind of just, it's, ner- it's, it's nerve wracking leading up to leaving. You know, flying out, you have a two-week notice, right? So, but Blake spoke very highly of Katie. And um before I even kind of knew I was going to get into, uh you know, into the final, uh get that final phone call to, to be on The Bachelorette. Was there
0: ever any tension? Like, did it get to a point where it's like, like I said, you both like the same woman? Like, did you guys maybe not see eye to eye? Or was it all kumbaya from from the yeah. moment he got there?
2: Yeah, I, 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 as soon as he got there, like I was telling you guys, um, I felt like I had to protect him, but protect the house as well. And because the guys were pissed, you know, they 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 were just like, oh, here we go, another curveball. And Blake, you know, basically said, you know, this is weird because I know Brendan, and um, I just told the guys, I said, guys, as hard as this is to say and for you guys to hear, you know, before I even got on the show, Blake, all he did was talk about Katie and his interest in her, and and he is here for the right reasons, and he is genuine, and it's tough for a guy coming in that late. Um, but we just handled it as men. We knew um, we knew nothing was gonna come in between our friendship. Because for for myself, all he wants for me is like is to find someone and fall in love and and you know have a partner. And if Katie wasn't gonna choose me, I, I would I would want Blake to be happy. And and if he ever got a chance with Katie, to, you know, to fall in love, like I would be happy for him. Like I'd be I'd be a terrible friend if I didn't want him, him to be happy, you know. So um my biggest fear though was Cause I addressed it to Katie about like, Hey, there's an elephant in the room. Like, let's talk about this because you just went on a one-on-one with my, my good buddy. Mm-hmm. And we kind of laughed about it and whatnot. But my biggest fear guys to, to be totally honest was, I know, I, I think Katie's such an incredible woman. And I think very highly of her. And I knew she wouldn't want drama. Like she doesn't like drama in the house. Right. And she, yeah. Yeah. she, she doesn't want bullshit. So she says it how it is. And I was worried that if she knew potentially this would come in between our friendship, I was worried that I would get sent home. Blake would get sent home or both of us like see you later. I don't want to come in between this friendship. If it came Why, down to that, would you bow out? <sighs> you know what? Like that's that, that's a that's a tough question. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I've known Blake for, for a while and I have nothing but respect for him and I'm sure if we had to have that conversation, we'd probably come up to a conclusion. But one big thing in the normal world, guys, and I told Wells this as well, I said in a normal world, this would never happen. But in this world, it's normal. It really is. Yeah. And... Yeah. No. You know, it, it, it was weird though, for sure. Like I, I was, I was shocked. You, you guys probably saw my face. I looked at him. I'm like, you know, I kind of gave Can't him that. Tell yeah. I was just like, it was because, because part of me wanted to just jump up and hug him. But then part of me was like, whoa, whoa, wait, like, I need a second to process this. You know what I mean? But all in all we just handle it like men. And, and I just, I, I want, I wanted, Blake to just find happiness as well. And if he had that opportunity and, and in the end it's Katie's journey, right? If, if Katie's looking for a husband and I told her this too, when we sat down, I said, it's weird. I'll be honest. It is a little weird seeing Blake here, but this is your journey. And if you need to explore this connection, like you're finding a husband, like this is, this is something huge. This is important. It's not, you're not playing games here. So whether if my brother came or, or Blake, you know, Blake's there, it's like, if you need to explore this for a potential opportunity to get engaged at the end of it so be it like that's like you, you need that and so you have to put katie first in every scenario and, and that's what i did
1: you like them together
2: i feel like they both have good energy and um but you know what she she has she has connections with uh, you know, a lot of the other guys too you yeah. know it's yeah very strong connections um yeah. it, it uh, and like it's it's tough to it's it's tough because every conversation it seemed you know i always ask the guys i'm like is it just me that you know i felt like i was in like front-running spot at one point i felt so good about her chat and you know sharing a kiss with her and then it's like is it just me is, is she just so awesome and easy to talk to and she makes everything so easy or like I, do i really have this connection you know it's i think it's a. It's. A, I think it, that's a attribute
0: of a great lead right where they could pretty much make everybody feel comfortable and make it seem like their time together was you know, makes them feel like you did, like you're on cloud nine, leaving the the interaction. You think you're in, you know, you're in a good position to win her heart. And right. uh, I think that's a tribute to Katie and, and her being a great bachelorette.
1: Hey, well, we love to hear you were incredibly honest and open and sharing with us. All. uh from both of us, we love talking out with you are uh, here today. Thank you. And you yeah. welcome back anytime, man.
2: Appreciate you, Thank you guys. Thanks for your time. I love you guys. And um, I'm sure I'll see you soon and we'll keep in touch. For sure. Uh, definitely. So can't all wait right, for me until all. have
1: a great one. Yeah.
2: Take care, you guys.
1: Take care. Take care, guys. Brian, I think we got some good information right there. I, mean, I,
0: I think we got some some piping hot tea.
1: Uh, we got some tea. <laughs> uh, I love Brennan was open. We had to like, you know, I, I loved so, how you pushed them, bro. I, I felt I like I had to push them. I was so
0: confused. A, did that tequila get to you a little bit? You were like, no.
1: Brendan is a very good politician. So I was like, no, I got to I got to cut to the to the you cheese. Did.
0: You need to sift through all the yeah. I, I had the father right, he's giving me
1: because I mean, like I, I was unsure of the type of upbringing that he had. You know, yeah. I genuinely, I didn't even care, and I want to know, and so yeah, I was unsure. I'm like, you got two parents, you got you know siblings, like you got a pretty good situation. Yeah, it seemed you know? like so there was a lot of
0: love, right? But yeah, i like, talked he, about. Yeah, he said you know, he has love, but then I, so I was very going from house to house, and correct.
1: I was confused. Yeah. He's talking about you know he's uh you know running away from home. I'm like, let's unravel that. It, was, yeah. it wasn't it was me trying to push him. It was me trying to understand him. Yeah, let's go
0: a little bit deeper. I get you. I get you. Yeah,
1: But he is a politician, so therefore I felt that it was necessary yeah. to do so.
0: And I mean, Even I when love... When you asked him
1: about being The Bachelor, he was like, he was political about that response as well. I'm <laughs> like, bro, do you want to be The Bachelor tonight? Is it like, you know, something that you could do? So that's all.
0: And I'm actually really looking forward to, you know, watching this mental all, him get into yes. it with Carl. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, man. I love what he said about
1: Carl. I mean, he was honest, and I love how he, uh, Brendan, was speaking about Thomas. He wasn't disrespectful. Brendan is not disrespectful whatsoever. He's just being honest. He like approached them as a man, right? Correct. Exactly. He told them about himself. That's why you gotta love Brendan. Yeah,
0: for sure. And of course, all of our listeners, we absolutely love you guys. Thank you once again for tuning into today's episode.
1: Now. I love every single one of y'all. I don't know if y'all saw it, but we hit over 5K on IG. We're at like 5,200. So keep following. Yes. Uh, keep talking to us. Keep showing love because we're going to keep showing love back. And you know, we always love to hear those opinions. So make sure that you let us know how you feel about everything. And don't forget to like, comment, follow, message us on social at Talking It Out BN. That's Talking Out B as in Bachelor in His Nation on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, Don't forget to hit that subscribe on our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or baby, wherever you listen to right now. And as always, don't DM me no more until you hit that subscribe. Love y'all.